dragon ball. I will remind you that I am on my work computer. You could always claim that, like, a client told you something about Bulma. are they them uh you know though yeah you said earning our licenses and i'm actually licensed now i don't think i was when we last recorded i just had that dank degree but now i actually uh am licensed in michigan um anyway before we get started i have a couple shout outs that i would like to do first of all um just a shout out to our wonderful friend frankie uh, she's just really great, and we wanted you all to know it. Uh, and you should all go like her selfies uh, at Frankie Extra. That is F R A N K I capital E, just for fun. Uh, X T R A uh, on Twitter. Also, I guess on another podcast she's a host of recently as part of hashtag Cat on Cast, where I'm trying hashtag to get- Cat on Cast. <laughs> I'm trying to get it everyone's podcast. Put me on your podcast. I will do it. Um, so please Whether go check that ask. out. Um, it's called Let's Steal a Podcast, can be found on Twitter at Let's Steal Cast. It's a podcast with the show Leverage, which I had literally never watched before, so naturally, that was the expert opinion that they needed. Yeah, seems right. Uh, secondly, a shout out to Jane from just the wonderful world of Ultimate Frisbee, which is not a podcast, but just real life. Um, recently, I went to a friend's Ultimate, uh, I don't know what they call it, game? Match? Bout? I don't duel? Know. I think it's a duel. Yeah. Ultimate Frisbee duel. Yeah. A, a concert of Frisbee? Like, <laughs> um, I don't know. But apparently uh, we're really- A joust? Old. Yeah, you know, a Frisbee joust. <laughs> a Frisbee joust. Anyways, apparently in Ann Arbor Frisbee world, uh, you and I are very uh, popular in this podcast. Uh, Great. Several people recognize- That's- that's really, um, that's always been my target demographic, is the ultimate frisbee jousters. That's really who I podcast Some for. Some people, it's because of my friend Ian, uh, who is introduced to people, but people were, like, recognizing my voice, and it was that's very wild. weird. I was just being there obnoxious with some hand clappers, like, um, but anyways... Uh, yeah, so several people came to talk to me about it, uh, particularly a real cutie named Jane, who had really good shorts on. You would have loved them. They they were, like, they were very cute. Um, and she had, like, a yellow top on and uh, black shorts, I think with the, like, I think they are black shorts. I might be misremembering, and I think they had, like, fl- flowers on them. They were cool. I don't know. She looked cute. Um, anyways, uh... She came up to me, and she talked to me, and she answered a lot of our questions. Um, so, like, apparently, yeah. Vampire's hair does not grow back in, like, the Brie Tanner book or whatever. Um, oh. It says that, like, part of, like, Victoria's hair gets pulled out, and she's like, ah, you fucking bitch is never gonna grow back. Oh. So, like, uh, which makes me wonder if they all constantly have just, like, really out-of-date hairstyles. Or, like, what happens if you, like, get a bad haircut? Like, you're just fucked. It's never gonna grow back. Yeah. Fucking sink some money into that shit, maybe. Um, 
Also, apparently, the thing she first told me, I think, it was funny, too, because her friend was like, tell her, tell her, you you know the answer. She was like, mm. and I'm like, what? She's like, oh, um, so actually, <laughs> uh, but apparently, Stephanie Meyer released a whole fucking thing about, like, a scene or something uh, with ever explaining why menstrual blood doesn't bother him, and apparently it's because it, like, smells like dead blood and therefore, like, isn't attractive or something. See, so that's neat. <laughs> I think that that sounds fake and also maybe homophobic homophobic yeah because uh lesbian vampires you know oh like which we have a lot of in this episode which i don't mean to, like bella really acts like alice is her girlfriend in this uh chapter yeah, but the yeah i just you know i think like explicitly saying that uh oral sex would not be pleasurable for vampire ladies because menstrual blood smells like dead blood homophobic I've decided. I like how wet your ladies. That implies they can only give oral sex during their period. <laughs> no, I just think that like, wouldn't it be like a fun added bonus <laughs> for a vampire? <laughs> Although I guess, I guess it might be a problem. I guess maybe, <laughs> perhaps. Perhaps I want to go back to the words eating pussy. Wait. Okay, wait, 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 wait. Maybe this is only a problem in vampire-human relationships, because if two lady vampires are in a relationship, neither of them is menstruating. Oh my god. Anyways. Uh, thanks, Jane. Uh. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Thanks for all the info and for listening. Do a good frisbee. Uh, Do it. Um, yeah. Hey, what? Can, tell me what this book is about. What happened? What do people need to know about okay. the Twilight? So, the before times of this chapter. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the, the dark you, ages. Can, you can help me with this a little bit, but... Oh, I sure will. Uh, but, um, so, anyways, though, so we're just going to go with just, like, what you need just to understand this, because it's going to get too long if we keep doing everything. So just, like, the facts you need to know. Bella Swan, main character. She's a vampire ex-boyfriend now, Edward Cullen. They broke up er- earlier this year, and then his entire family uh, skipped town. Normal. Yeah, he both they literally and figuratively dumped her in the woods. Yeah. Um. So then... And then- in Twilight, Bella almost gets killed by a vampire, except her vampire friends kill that guy, and now the would-be assassin's ex-girlfriend, who is also a vampire, uh, is currently roaming around town trying to get her because she's sad that uh, Edward killed her boyfriend. Yeah. Um, so Bella also has a best friend named Jacob, who's a werewolf. Um, and all, so are all his friends on the reservation where he lives, and they are the enemies of the vampires, and Bella hung out with Jacob a lot, uh, and was just doing dangerous shit so she could hear Edward's voice as a hallucination. Yeah, she decided to ride some motorcycles that she bought from a kid she goes to high school with. Yeah, so that's, you know, normal things. And then, um... Jacob's been just hanging out with her. He's obviously very in love with her. She keeps being like, um, you know, uh, I can't love you, but, like, maybe if you, uh, even if you wait around forever, but, like, also maybe wait around forever if you want to. 
Uh, you could do that, but I'm not gonna love you, but, like, you could wait if you wanted. Uh. It's, uh, it's not cute. It's um, not cute. Anyway, so then one time Jacob's busy, so Bella jumps off a cliff. Just real casual. Um, yeah. he pulls her out of the water, and, uh, that's, yeah, that's, then she's fine. Um, Alice, who is Edward's adopted vampire sister, saw this in a vision, um, and thought that Bella had died because she couldn't see Jacob pull Bella out of the water because Alice has future vision, but the future vision doesn't work on werewolves. So, yeah, so she couldn't see that she was saved. Uh, so then Alice shows up to town to help Charlie, who is Bella's dad, only to find out that Bella, oops, she's alive, actually. Um, and then Jacob was really upset about the return of the vampires, because again, as we said, they're their enemies, and also Bella just keeps choosing them over him all the time, so he's like, hey, maybe don't hang out with a vampire, and Bella's like, nope, I'm gonna have a lot of sleepovers with the vampire. I'm very yeah. gay for her. Yeah, you know, sleep, sleepovers. 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 Sleepovers with her gal pal. Yeah. Um, and then Harry Clearwater, a close family friend of Charlie and Jacob dies and his funeral is today in the chapter we're about to read and the last chapter ended with alice leaving bella's house because someone presumably jacob uh was at the door um also i like was looking up all these characters today to find out how messy of bitches they were because i posted that poll Mm -hmm. and while doing that I, like, forgot why Harry Clearwater really dies. Uh-huh. Yeah. I am, and yes. Jacob probably knows that right now. Yes. Like, I assume because of their wolf power. Sorry, we're yeah. not going to talk. Spoilers, we're not talking about it. But I assume Jacob already knows that, which makes this whole scene even harder. He's, it's he's really. Dealing with, he's dealing. What do you need to know, dear readers, is that Jacob is dealing with a lot right now. Yeah. As we start chapter so 18, Q Band of Horses. The chapter's called Funeral. <laughs> so, this chapter opens at a Band of Horses concert. Uh, no. Um, this chapter opens with Bella opening the door to Jacob. He's standing pretty far away from her. Um, and she says that his face is hard and expressionless. Like, okay. he chosen Sam over me. Actually, she says that he, like, had his nose crinkled. Like, he, like, sm- was disgusted. But the rest of his face was, like, hard, smooth, and mask-like. Which is so just, just another... just his nose is crinkled. Which is just another example. <laughs> yeah, Chris and I were trying to do it on webcam also earlier. Um, it's just another example of Stephanie Meyer giving facial expressions that are completely unrecognizable to the human. Like, <laughs> just, like, like, don't know what that... How do you crinkle your nose but keep the rest of your face expressionless? Anyways, anyway, yeah. so Sam reminded so, her of Yeah, so chosen. she's like, oh, this reminds me of when Jacob chose Sam over me. And the fact that she views it in this way really throws into a sharp relief how self-centered Bella is. Yep. Um, like, she really views herself as being, like, in contention with all of Jacob's other priorities. Also, um, as a reminder for people... The day that he chose Sam over her was, like, the day that he, like, found out he was a werewolf and was like, mm-hmm. what the fuck's going on? I'm a werewolf. Sam, you are also a werewolf. Maybe Please help me help. out. And yeah. Bella's like, wow, can't believe you chose him over me. Yeah. Um, so Embry and Jared, who are Jacob's wolf friends, are waiting in the car, also ready to go again to a funeral for a close family friend 
And Bella is annoyed that they're there and looks skeptical of her, but who can fucking blame them? Of course they don't want their wolf bro to enter a house that was recently graced by a vampire, their sworn enemy. I don't know why Bella doesn't understand why this is a problem and why they also, don't like her. Also, like, who's going to say, like, that's the reason that they're there? Like, because they don't trust the vampires. Like, they could just as easily be there because they know that Jacob doesn't have total control of his morphing powers because they're basically Hulk powers. Uh, and that they know that he's really upset. And so, like, they could just as easily be there to protect Bella or protect Jacob from himself. And, like, I have to imagine it's a bit of both. Like, I have to imagine they're both there to, yeah. like... Or, yeah. I think and I think the simplest explanation, quite honestly, is that they're, excuse me, are all on their way to a funeral. Like, yeah. they literally, like, Jacob probably doesn't want to go to this funeral all by himself. I bet Charlie is with his dad, so he's, like, on his way to something really sad with his friends who are there to support him, and he's like, oh, by the way, I have to stop at fucking Bella's house on the way to this fucking or, yeah. funeral. Or just, like, regular-ass emotional support. Like, hey, I have yes. to do this really hard thing, can you come with me? That's pretty yes. normal. Anyways, though, who fucking cares? Because they just fucking disappear then in this chapter. Sure do. And, like, no one mentions them leaving. So who really knows where the fuck they are? I couldn't tell you. I also noticed that, and it was very frustrating. I was just like, where the fuck did the boys go? So, we are one page into this chapter, but let us review. Jacob Black, man's best friend, has stopped at Bella's house on the way to a close family friend and community member's funeral to ask her questions that aid him and his wolf pack in keeping her safe, and Bella has the audacity to be surly and petulant because he doesn't like her friend. She doesn't even ask how he is or tell him that she's sorry for his loss. It's like, it's not as though she doesn't know where he's going because Charlie just left for the funerals. Like, she knows what's going on, and instead chooses to be like, oh my god, I can't believe that you don't like my friend and that you're mad at me. It's so fucking disgusting. Like, it's so disgusting it bothers me so much so anyway so it's just jacob is visibly uncomfortable in bella's house um clearly trying not to be a big bad wolf um and he says he has a few questions for bella and he asks uh, her if alice is staying there and for how long and she confirms that alice is staying indefinitely like you know she's just like she can stay as long as she wants shut up yeah we're having a sleepover what about it um and so Jacob says that in that case, he cannot protect her uh, at her house anymore, but can only do so on their on his own lands, meaning um, in La Push, because of the treaty that uh, his people have with the Collins. Um, he also asks her to inform Alice about Victoria, clearly needing like their allyship since they can protect they can't protect Forks anymore. Um, and Bella confirms that she already told her. Um, and then he asks, finally, clearly doing his absolute best to stay as calm as possible if the rest of them, meaning the Collins, are coming back. And she says, then she's like, oh no, I'm speechless. And then eventually he's like, no, they're not. And he's like, okay, thanks for letting me know. And leaves the room, Bella presumes, leaving the house entirely. And it's like, it's really painfully clear to me here that Jacob is so hurt and upset for a number of reasons. Again, he is headed to a funeral. Um, he's upset about the fact that he feels as though he's been abandoned by his closest friend and somebody who he and loves also, deeply. And also and this al- other stuff we can't even talk about yet that's also going on. Right. Like, there are other things that he is trying to deal with right now. And, like, all Bella 
seems to see is like a weird superficial rivalry. Like she's like, I don't understand why he's so mad. Like they're just vampires. Like not thinking about the fact that she has once again prioritized herself over his needs and his feelings, has not thought about what impact Alice's return might have on him and the wolf pack, has not thought about what it might feel like for her to completely abandon her friendship with the person that has supported her for months and months for somebody who abandoned her. Like it's just... She has no awareness of how her actions affect other people at all. Also, like, all of Jacob's problems right now, pretty literally, are coming from the fact that, um, like, are stemming from vampires. Like, because he is upset that he is a werewolf. And the only reason that he is a werewolf is because vampires are around. Like, literally, like, through the lore and, like, the history, like, they become werewolves in their tribe when vampires are there. Like, it's just, like, a natural yin and yang thing reaction um and so yeah doesn't fucking like them he's doomed to be a fucking wolf boy forever um can see that being kind of upsetting and bella's so flippant about it um and like yeah anyway so so but also i just like i feel like she has no semblance of what is going on around her because she like never thinks of anything from other people's perspective like there's one part of the scene where she says and it's on page uh 407 he asked in a cool quiet voice it reminded me of sam's always calm manner jake was becoming more like sam i wonder why that bothered me so much yeah, no shit, Bella, because Sam is practicing not exploding into a werewolf when he's upset, and Jacob is practicing that too. It's kind, con- it's it's fucking called mindfulness, sweaty. Um. <laughs> he literally, he literally like is honestly. What I thought in this moment is I was like, as Jacob is like doing such a good job of like keeping himself calm despite the fact that he is experiencing like so much emotional distress as I'm like damn Jacob has really good emotional distress tolerance skills like he really knows how to keep himself regulated I feel like this is just I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna throw something out here I'm gonna lob you something you let me know if you catch it I think that Jacob learning how to not explode into a werewolf is a really good metaphor for men learning how to regulate their emotions. hmm Yes. Like, I think that Jacob Black, like, learns emotional regulation skills through the course of this book, because that is a thing that men don't do, and then they explode into anger because they don't understand you know, how to process their emotions, and here is Jacob Black practicing healthy emotional you know, regulation. we were talking about it before, about it being, like, a symbol for, like, toxic masculinity, but then now I like it more as, like, a curse that toxically masculine people uh, are cursed with <laughs> like, <laughs> to force them to learn. I know that doesn't hold up in the book at large, but uh, I like that concept that, like, I'm gonna rewrite, I'm gonna write some fan fiction where werewolfism happens um, to, is a curse that uh, toxically... teach men how to regulate their emotions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Edward has become a vampire uh, werewolf crossover. Oh, shit. Uh, anyways, so also, she has a problem when he sounds agitated. She has a problem when he sounds calm. How the fuck do you want him to sound, Bella? Maybe stop being the fucking tone police. So, anyways, <laughs> stop tone policing this brown boy. <laughs> God, reparations! 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 Anyways. Oh, by the way, I hadn't said this yet to you, but I'm thinking that this November, the Patreon money 
and we'll I'll go to we'll have to look up different organizations, but I was thinking we could uh try to donate to something that helps like indigenous people. Um I think that's a good idea. And that we can also maybe do some sort of fundraiser and do uh learn uh provide facts about the Kaluya tribe. Yeah. Um anyways, throw that out there for the future. Um so the next part, I just want to read it out loud. Because I need our audience to know just exactly how oblivious Bell Swan is. So it reads, uh, on page 408, How could I have alienated him so completely in such a short amount of time? Would he forgive me when Alice was gone? What if he didn't? I slumped against the counter and buried my face in my hands. How had I made such a mess of everything? But what could I have done differently? Even in hindsight, I couldn't think of any better way any perfect course of action. Jesus There's so Christ. much to unpack here. Also, Bella, have you ever heard of communication? Perhaps, just maybe, a different style of communication could have assisted in your situation. Wait, wait, this bitch really goes on to say that there wasn't any better way. There was nothing she could have done differently. And we're once again reminded how completely lacking in self-awareness is and also how deeply unwilling she is to accept accept responsibility for or even briefly consider the consequences of her actions or their impact on others. Like, I, part of what really upsets me about this is that, like, I, I know people who in real life behave like this. Like, Uh they will take actions or behave in ways that absolutely harm other people. Mm -hmm. And when they look, and, and probably also harm themselves in some ways, right? They're, they're not beneficial for anybody involved in the situation. And then when they look back on their actions, they go, like, what else could I have done? Like, I don't know what else I was supposed to do in that situation. Like, mm-hmm. it's not my fault that people got hurt because there was literally nothing else that I could do. Like, and that is what Bella is doing in this situation is just being completely unwilling to accept that her lack of thought about what the consequences of her actions might be don't protect her from accepting responsibility for those consequences. She's literally like... Oh, what? My actions have effects on other people? Well, that's not my fault. They should just not care. And it's like, excuse me? Like, so I don't know, Sahana. What are some other courses of action that we think she could have taken? Okay, see, what if she um, didn't manipulate Jacob Black? What if she was honest with him about what her feelings were? What if she was like, like, hey, I'm really torn up. Let's even just look at the initial thing where she's like, oh my god, that's... That's Carlisle's car. We have to go in. There's vampires yep. there. It's Carlisle's Could've car. Not done that. What Could've if she instead had said, that. hey, Jacob, I know that this is difficult for you, but this is, like, this is actually the Collins car, and I know that, like, you know, recognize the emotions that Jacob would have about that, mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. say, say something along the lines of, uh, you know, I care about you. I know, like, but I also, you know... This is a situation I need to handle. Like I can't ignore the I can't ignore the vampire in my house. I, I have to handle the situation. And, and like and I don't want you to be uncomfortable or in danger. So if you don't want to do that with me, I understand. I promise I will let you know that I am safe. Yes. Wow. That would have been better. Yeah, he still wow. would have been upset, but at least he wouldn't have completely fucking ignored everything yeah, that was going on. Yeah, at least you wouldn't on. have alienated him and completely invalidated his concerns or his feelings. Like, it is so easy in situations like this to be like, hey, 
I understand that the action that I am about to take is potentially one that you may not agree with. I will fully accept whatever consequences my actions may bring upon me. And if they harm you, I am very sorry. I will do my best to make sure that that does not happen. And also, what can I do to make sure that you feel okay in this situation, given that this is the action that I'm going to take? Yeah, and you can explain why you're taking this action, instead of just being like, what is happening? There's some dogs are yelling. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, fucking Jacob Black's out there being like, don't He's out gosh. there! Jacob Black is out there! Um, uh, yeah, like, maybe just, like, explain your thought process. Like, hey, I haven't seen these people in months. They were a huge part of my life. I want, I need to know why they're back. Like, you know... Like, something is, might be wrong, I'm really upset, I need to go figure you know, this out. This like, could be about the Victoria situation, for all right. I know. Like, I need to address this situation. But no, we can just, nothing, there's no other course of action she could have taken. There's nothing, there's nothing else she could have done. And of course, like, every white lady who is unwilling to accept responsibility for their actions, Isabella Swan starts to cry. So here she is, fucking bawling her white lady tears. <sighs> and Jacob calls back out to her. Because, oh shit, he didn't leave. And he's like, oh, I did it again, didn't I? Meaning that he hurt her, to which she says that, like, she started at this time. But again, here Jacob is emotionally caretaking for someone who doesn't give a shit about his emotions. Like, he shows up for her despite the fact that he is, like, grieving somebody uh, like, hurt by Bella's actions constantly, and yet here he is still taking care of her. Um, and for the first time, maybe, on this podcast, I will say, holy shit, Jacob, go to therapy, set some healthy boundaries, learn about, um, responsibility taking, you know? Um, but, so I just, like, she says she cares about him, but words are not the same as behaviors, Bella. Also, once again, he is going to a funeral. Um, he says that it's okay. He's like, Alice will leave and then things will go back to normal. And Bella's like, can I be friends with Alice and you at the same time? Um, and Jacob says no. And when he says that, Bella becomes increasingly desperate in a way that feels genuinely manipulative. Oh, yeah. Especially because this Jacob- This whole scene did. Like, Jacob is really emotionally vulnerable right now, as we've mentioned many, many times for a number of reasons, some that we know as readers at this point and some that we will find out later. Um, but he is, like, he is not in a good place and probably really needs support. Um, and as we know, sometimes when you are a person put in a position where you are often the one giving support, sometimes when you need support, you continue to give support because that's all you know how to do. Um, wouldn't, and that wouldn't I think know is, anything about that. When neither of us would know anything about that. No. Um, but that is very clearly what Jacob is doing in this situation. And so Bella. Damn, Damn I you really I'm caught right now. I'm caught. Yeah, well, right I just now. I just I just caught myself, bitch. <laughs> I caught us both. Ugh. Um but so Jacob so so Bella says to Jacob, like, you have to promise that you'll stay my friend, even though I love Alice too. Like Bella is Gay. forcing Jacob to say that he will stay her friend despite the fact that she loves somebody that is actively an enemy or, like, wishes destruction upon Jacob and his people. And Bella really, in this moment, to me, sounds like a fake, woke, non-monogamous DIY white bro. Oh, yeah. Like, that's that's how that felt to me. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And Jacob says, like, yeah, sure, I'll always be your friend, even if you still love Alice, whatever. Yeah, very clearly just comforting her. Like, yep. and this whole exchange just fucking upset me so much. Like, if Jacob didn't do anything wrong, he just came over to get information and be calm and go to a funeral, but he's apologizing to her for it. That's not healthy. Like, go to therapy, Jacob Black. Black. I know you probably don't have good access, but I hope you can get some. Um, we'll figure it out. <laughs> we'll figure it out. We will case manage the shit out of you, Jacob Black. <laughs> oh. Werewolf case management. Whew. Also, okay. Uh, this whole waiting for one person to leave so the other can be together thing just like. No. That doesn't feel right either. So not cute. Yeah. So Jacob says that he'll miss Bella, but they can't hang around when Alice is uh, there because Sam would be upset if they broke the treaty, and because he's not even tempered enough to not wolf out. I want to pause for a moment and remind everybody that exactly what Jacob says is, "You probably wouldn't be too happy if I killed your friend." Yeah, that is true. Because Yikes. he would wolf out. And murder the werewolf, no, werewolf, and murder the vampire, which is what he's designed to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, on his way out, we get the infamous almost kiss. <sighs> All right. Okay, real quick before Wait. we talk about it, how did you like? No, no, it's the next part I want. No, it's the later part. It's the end part of it that I want to talk okay. about. So you right. go ahead. Okay. Tell okay. me about okay. this kiss. So we gotta we gotta talk about it. I will say I didn't remember that this happened. Um, okay, I only I remember, remember what I only remember that it happened because people talk to me about Twilight all the time now, and uh, <laughs> which I talk about uh, a lot too, like I, because it's, I'm constantly reading it. But um, yeah. but people keep mentioning the almost kiss. I so. have totally forgotten about it. So so they're standing in Bella's kitchen, and Jacob like takes Bella's face in his hands, and it's very clear that he wants to kiss her. And in this moment, we're treated to four paragraphs, four mm-hmm. paragraphs of Bella's inner monologue about Which it. is a whole again, page, by the way. And again, I will remind us all, for the hundredth time this episode, Jacob is super emotionally vulnerable. He's just lost a family friend. The person closest to him seems not to care. And so to break it down, here are Bella's thoughts about this. Immediately, she panics. And she says that she hasn't decided whether or not she wants to act on her feelings for Jacob yet. But then she follows this up by saying, I would have been a fool if I thought rejecting him now would have no consequences. Oh, God. Holy shit, Bella. Holy shit. That part was so rough. Go to therapy. Go to therapy. Nobody knows how to um, do accurate responsibility taking at all. Um, She then seemingly begins to justify kissing him, and she says, and I quote, God. The prince w- <clears throat> The prince was never coming back to kiss me awake from my enchanted sleep. I was not a princess, after all. So what was the fairy tale protocol for other kisses? The mundane kind that didn't break any spells. Can you imagine thinking <sighs> that kissing the humanoid version of a frozen flagpole is a fairy tale kiss? Like, in I guess what you can't, universe? You can't thinking that. <laughs> I, you know, in what universe <laughs> is Edward a prince? None of hellscape, and hell universe. Second of all, and second of all, wow, this once again to me says so much about the status and importance that Bella places on Edward. 
And also so much about how she views Jacob as some kind of consolation prize. Like, she was like, what about non-fairytale kisses? Like, bitch. Mundane. 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 She hasn't even kissed him. How does she know it's mundane? She has no idea. Um, I am willing to wager a bet that Jacob Black is probably a better kisser than Edward Cullen. Uh, yes. Like, yes. Absolutely. If I had to kiss an ice cube or a warm bun that just came out of the oven, <laughs> I, I would like a, significantly like a, rather like a kiss. Toasty, like a toasty croissant. Just <laughs> <laughs> like make it out with a croissant. Um... <sighs> Just she, she just and 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 Bella Swan really sees Jacob as second best, which is unhealthy and unfair, and not the way you enter a relationship with somebody. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so their almost kiss is interrupted by a phone call uh, that Jacob answers, and okay, this is the part. <laughs> Bitch, listen. <laughs> Catch, catch yourself. Do it. I'm ready. Uh, I can see that the audio clipped when I just made that noise. Um, I unfortunately have to say that I know for an absolute fact that Jacob not breaking eye contact when he answers the phone because it says in it that he just like he like didn't break his gaze. He just like reached over the wall and grabbed the phone and was like, "I wish you all could see the motion that Cat just made on webcam because it was beautiful." Yeah, like Edward would have looked. Uh, not Edward, like Jacob would have looked. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> and that's what Jacob looked like, and he would have been like, "And so yeah, like I was saying, uh, I know for a fact that when he did that, and they were about to kiss." Made I know that that made my fucking dumb bitch teenage panties so wet. Like, <laughs> like I know it I was is, so into it. Like reading it now, I was like imagining that happening with like a different person. Like, and I was like, yeah, that'd be hot. Like, it's like a hot movie thing you would see. Like, uh, it wasn't so much for Jacob, but just like, yeah, I know that got me as a teenager for sure. So, anyways, he answers the phone, and then his mood, like, immediately changes when he hears the voice. Like, he's like, oh, hey, what's up? I'm hot, sexy bitch. What's going on? And then he's like, ah! Uh, and then he's <laughs> like, um... He gruffly states, he's not here. And then clearly they ask, like, well, where is he? And he's like, he's at the funeral. And then uh, he hangs up. Uh, which, if you've ever watched a sitcom, which I'm sure some of you have, maybe one or two of you... <laughs> You can imagine the type of misunderstandings that might occur because of the phone call where he just says, he's not here, and he's, he's at the funeral. funeral. So only after he hangs up does he reveal to Bella that it was Carlisle calling. He explains that Carlisle called uh, asking where Charlie was, and that he hung up as soon- that he, meaning Carlisle, hung up as soon as uh, Jacob had said where. And so Bella's a little upset at Jacob, and Jacob, visibly upset and shaking, uh, attempts to leave as quickly as possible. He's like, I gotta go, bye. Um, however, Bella, the actual dumbest fucking bitch alive, is like, hey, Jacob, who explodes into a werewolf and he's upset, is trying to leave as quickly as possible. I'm gonna physically Let run after him. Just bump fucking into run him, through my house. Run into him, fall over, get my legs all tangled up uh, with his... And, like, basically physically stop him from leaving as quickly as he wants to, even though he's about to fucking explode into a wolf. So he, like, so he gets up and he tries to leave from the other direction, and then he comes to a screeching halt because he finds Alice standing at the foot of the stairs in Bella's house. So Bella, when she sees Alice, 
can see in Alice's face that something is wrong. Like Alice's eyes are glazed over and she looks really sort of like, like shaken up. And so when Bella asks her what's wrong, all she says is Edward. Bella is, of course, immediately thrown into a tornado of emotion just because of hearing Edward's name. So she says the room starts spinning and her ears start ringing and she like fully collapses to the ground because we all know that this dumb bitch has no coping or grounding skills to regulate her emotions. <laughs> In this so, case, literally no grounding skills. <laughs> um, so <laughs> Jacob tries to help Bella back up. Um, as he's doing that, Alice calls Rosalie. Um, to ask to talk to Carlisle because she's trying to figure out what's going on. So Rosalie apparently says that Carlisle is out. And then Alice asks if Rosalie has heard anything from Edward. And whatever Rosalie says on the phone to Alice makes Alice go totally apeshit. Like there seems to be some kind of miscommunication, but we don't know what it is yet. I would just like to point out, though, that Bella, before passing out, uh, thinks Jacob's furious voice was suddenly in my ear, hissing out a stream of profanities. I felt a vague disapproval. His new friends were clearly a bad influence. Who is Bella? And why is she 40? Anyways, just like- I don't- I don't like that these brown men are swearing in my home. <laughs> I wish y'all could have seen Sahana just now doing this little, huh, like, huffy thing. It was very good. Just, just embodying, like, every Deborah in the state of Michigan. Every Deborah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Anyways, um, yeah, so, um, also, though, you find out um, well, okay, I've never had to say this. Okay, so I found the conversation between Alice and Rosalie, I mean, we can only hear one side of it, but I found it really interesting, because Alice tells Rosalie, like, after she gets upset about whatever it is that Rosalie had said, she says, save your remorse for someone who believes it. And I'm like, I don't think we've heard much about the relationship between uh, Rosalie and Alice before. Yeah, I think it's, like, pretty clear that there's some antagonism between Edward and Rosalie, but I don't think we've seen much of Rosalie's relationship with anybody else. Um, I never got the previous scenes, I didn't get the impression that, like, Alice and her were, like, hostile, but then, but Alice has always been more aligned to Edward, so it makes sense. Yeah, and I also think that this is, again, some of the better writing that Stephanie Meyer does in this book. Like, it only lasts for about half a page, but I think she actually pretty successfully builds some suspense here around this conversation. I feel like she's always been good at building suspense, but she's not good at building tension. Yes. Um, um, which, so, so after uh, Alice hangs up with Rosalie, she reveals that it, so that when Jacob picked up the phone, it wasn't Carlisle on the other end, it was Edward. So Bella manages to put together that Rosalie found Edward to tell him that Bella had died by suicide. Which is so messy. Right. Uh, And that when Jacob mentioned the funeral on the phone, Edward assumed that Charlie was at Bella's funeral. Um, And again, the reason that Rosalie assumed that Bella had died by suicide is because Alice had this vision of, of Bella jumping off the cliff. Okay, um, also presumably shared that with Rosalie. Just real quick, just to expound about why they were why Alice was so upset. Rosalie does not like Bella. She like hates Bella and has always hated their relationship. Mm-hmm. And so Rosalie is not going like <laughs> Rosalie knows like what Edward would do. Like mm-hmm. she's not she's not unaware. Uh, like, and she, this isn't a sympathetic, like, I'm so sorry to have to tell you that your ex-girlfriend is dead. It's like, 
Bella hey, jumped bitch. off a cliff. It's like, hey, bitch, your dumbass uh, human girlfriend jumped off a cliff because you left did her. You, did, you, did you hear that Bella jumped off a cliff? Did like, you know? That's how yeah. I, hey, like, that's you know, how you I know that little human girl that you were dating? You yeah, know, she what's, jumped off a cliff. What's, what's her name? Wild? Beaufort? Um, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Be- Beaufort? That's, isn't that the, wait, isn't that the name of the male version of Bella? I think it's a bow. I think her name. But it's short for Bu. It's that's what it's short for. Okay. It's short for Buford. Yes. Right. Um. Um. That's like terrible. Yeah. What's, what's, what's her that's name? Buford. Yeah. Upsetting. Well. Yeah. She just like jumped off a cliff. She just like jumped off a cliff. It's like yeah. so weird. She that's, died. Like, so weird. Humans can't swim very well. Um. So. <laughs> so Bella initially is like, oh, like that's like. That it's fine, like, Edward will call back and we'll clear it up. Like, it's just a misunderstanding. And then she's confused as to why Alice seems so upset. And then she realized that, she realizes Alice makes clear the severity of the situation because she's like, Edward believed Rosalie. Like, he's not going to call back. He believed her. Edward is on his way to Italy to provoke the Volturi as a means of dying by suicide because he just found out that you're dead. And Bella is immediately so upset and angry. And I just could not help but imagine in this moment how bewildered and confused and upset Bella Swan must feel. Like, I don't generally have a lot of empathy for Isabella Swan as a character. But in this moment, here she is. A person who claimed to love her more than anything in the universe then told her that he didn't love her anymore and left her, completely abandoned her, erased every trace of himself from her life. And now she's finding out that this same man is on his way to die by suicide because he thinks that she has died, which is totally incongruent with the last thing he told her about how he felt about her. And Alice even alludes to the fact that Edward didn't plan to outlive Bella by yeah, long. Because Bella was like, he knew I was going to die eventually. Like, I'm a human. Like, like it was going to happen. And Alice is like, I don't think he planned to outlive you by long. Um, Like, insinuating that his only reason for being alive is her being alive, which, again, is totally incongruent with what he told her when he left, which was that also, he didn't love her anymore. gross. And you should never be responsible for someone else's life. Nope. Uh, Jesse, you know. Um, um, and also, I want to take a moment to acknowledge that this plot is literally lifted directly from Shakespeare, and it's not even executed. But well. they literally mention like, Romeo and Juliet, like in yeah. The she's scene. like, remember when we were watching Romeo and Juliet, and he was talking about the Volturi? Now he thinks I'm dead, so he's on his way to kill himself, like that. Because that's what bitch. he told me he would do. Also, okay, what I was thinking was how bewildered and confused Jacob must be during the scene because Al- Alice does not explain out loud any no. of this. She just says, like, she's just like. He's going and, to Italy, and then Bella has all of this, like, internal cognition yeah. about what that and means. Jacob and Jacob like, is just, oh. like, and she gets all upset, and Jacob, like, stands up to get in between them because he doesn't know what's going on, and she's like, fuck off, Jacob, and, but Jacob doesn't know what's going on. All he heard is, like, uh, Edward thinks you're dead, and he's going to Italy. <laughs> <laughs> like, how, how nice for him to take a trip for self-care. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> so, but Bella... In response to hearing this, it's like, how dare he? And I love that. I love her yelling about her dramatic-ass ex deciding to die by suicide because of her death. 
Uh, and she's just like, how dare he? It's very satisfying. Um, yeah. Like, Edward, just admit, you're doing this because you haven't forgiven yourself for being a vampire, and that had nothing to do with Bella, and she's just an excuse to ignore your own emotions and personal growth and address your issues. Anyways, sure. Alice explains that if there, that there is, like, a tiny chance that they could save Edward. She's like, in my vision, he's petitioning the Volturi to kill him. Um, the Volturi being this, like, vampire pope. Um... <laughs> Right. They're the Catholic Church for vampires. Um, it's true. Vampire Pope is correct. I mean, the Volturi is a group, but, like, the head of it would be the Pope. Um, anyways, uh, he's petitioning them to kill him. Uh, but Alice is like, it might not work because, you know, they love Carlisle and they don't want to kill his son. Um, and she's like, but he may find a way to die more immediately, um, by provoking them somehow because they're very protective of their city and if he does something to reveal that he's a vampire they will take him out basically um and she's like um but if he leans into his flair for the dramatic they may have enough time which like of course he will so listen god uh so she warns but this that part is like the scene i remember very distinctly uh Mm -hmm. so she warns bella that she will be in immense danger and uh, because, you know, she smells so good, but I thought she smelled like wet dog right now, so I'm a little confused. Uh, she's like, you're just gonna be a snack there, they're not vegans like us, um, and we probably wouldn't even make a difference, but Bella, who is allergic to self-preservation, is like, no, let's go. <laughs> like, let me say that again, in case y'all didn't catch it. Without a single hesitation, Isabella Swan is ready to fly to Italy to a city full of vampires who probably want to eat her, to anger the most powerful of those vampires in order to maybe stop somebody who emotionally abused and manipulated her from getting turned into vampire goo. Holy shit, Bella, go to therapy. I like those little hand signs you're doing right now. Thank you. Thank you. I felt very emphatic in this moment. It was like you were either voguing or doing the YMCA, but to go to therapy. (laughs) Um, Uh, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so Alice tells Bella to write a note to Charlie while she calls Ariel and she's like, all right, let's go. Like, tell Charlie you're leaving. I'll buy us plane tickets. At which point we are reminded that, oh, yeah, poor sweet baby Jacob oh. is still here. And we're reminded of this because he's the one that promises to make sure nothing happens to Charlie. Like, holy shit, poor sweet puppy. Here he was about to kiss this girl he's been in love with forever. He's late now for a family friend's funeral. His friends are presumably still waiting for him outside or have abandoned really him. We don't failed, know. It seems like. We don't know where they are. Um, I guess it, I guess they probably were communicating via werewolf brain. Uh, so maybe Jacob was like, it's fine, you can leave, some weird shit is going down I here. thought they only um, had werewolf brain. They only have werewolf brain when they're werewolves. So I guess they're just like... He'll figure it out. He'll turn it into a werewolf. Wait, do they only have werewolf right now? Yeah, because that's why he had to run into the woods to commune with them to call the wolf meeting that one time. Yeah, 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 you're right. Either way, they're probably just like, shit, man, we have to go to this funeral. We should go to this funeral. Jacob will figure it out and he's a wolf. (laughs) So, again, like, he now, on top of all of this, has to deal with Bella once again abandoning him and disregarding his feelings for these stupid motherfucking vampires. This part fucking broke my heart like honestly he is so sweet he helps her find a pen and paper and all he says is a gentle don't go but like he knows that she's going to it's so obvious like he knows that there's no world where bella chooses him or charlie or even herself over edward 
Not ever. So Bella just runs upstairs to pack while Jacob and Alice argue downstairs as Jacob is upset by Alice's flagrant disregard for Bella's life and Alice is just like, I don't know, a total shitlord about it. And honestly, she she should be reassuring him because his mm-hmm. concerns are valid. But instead, she's just degrading him, even knowing she also knows that he's about to go to a funeral. And it's just so petty. They just call each other dumb slurs, uh, I guess. And they see- Yeah, you know, vampire slurs. Yeah, and- Honestly, Alice felt kind of racist to me here, the way she was talking to him. Like, <laughs> Yeah, probably. Um, and this scene just further emphasized to me that Alice doesn't actually give a shit about Bella. Mm-hmm. Um, so Bella interrupts their arguing, because uh, she's come downstairs, she's packed like a toothbrush, um, and tells them uh, to argue when her and Alice uh, get back. And she goes to run out to the car without even, like, saying goodbye to Jacob. She literally just fucking bolts out the door. But he grabs her, and he's, like, shaking intensely. And he tearfully asks her not to go. And she says that she has to. And he responds by saying, and I'm going to quote this, You don't, though. You really don't. You could stay here with me. You could stay alive. For Charlie. For me. But Bella only cares about one person, and it's not herself. Uh, although it is herself in a other twisted way. But anyways, she just fucks off and drives away. Literally, she's like, nope, bye. And then she turns back to to look at Jacob to yell, hey, take care of Charlie for me. Uh, and she sees that he's nowhere to be found, but she notices a piece of torn shoe near the woods, uh, implying that he's turned into a werewolf and run away because he's upset. And the chapter ends. Jacob has to go to a fucking funeral after this. And now he doesn't have any shoes. I hate Bella. <laughs> I hate Bella so much. Or clothes in general. Yeah, he's going to show up to this funeral butt-ass naked. <laughs> naked at a funeral. But also, yeah, that was canonically... Canonically. Canonically, the last pair of shoes his father could afford. On top of all of this, the boy doesn't even have shoes anymore. Doesn't even have shoes. Bella has taken everything from him. And, like, it, 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 it honestly broke my heart. Like, real talk. Like, what was your experience reading this chapter? I hated it. It made me so upset. Like, all I could think about for this chapter was how unbelievably, like, selfish and self-serving and lacking in self-awareness Bella is when it comes to her relationship mm-hmm. with Jacob. Like, I had so much sadness for Jacob in this chapter. Yeah. I was holding... Like, so much pain and change and grief and trauma, and Bella doesn't give a shit about anything except her vampire ex-boyfriend. I, like, I, like, liked this chapter, actually, in the sense that I think it just did a lot of good emotional work. It showed a lot of, like, how damaging these relationships are. Like, it showed just how far gone Bella is, but I don't like it in the context of the book at large. Because, like, I would like it if this was a chapter from, like, in a book about Jacob. Like... And not yes. with Bella being the protagonist without this being painted as, like, good later on. Right, because I don't think I would like it if this actually... was not rewarded. Yes, I was going to say, I don't think we ever actually get any follow-up as to what the emotional impact of this is on Jacob. Um, no. At least not in a way that's not extraordinarily biased through the lens of Bella being like, he's just jealous because Edward loves me, right? Like, Yeah. Like, I actually liked, like, as a chapter, I thought it was really effective. Like... Mm-hmm. I, again, like, I don't like the con- I don't like the context of it. I don't like the messages of it, given the larger, uh, story. 
But, like, I thought it was a really effective chapter. And, like, sometimes I wonder when we're doing this, like, I have to stop to take notes, like, every three lines because it's so fucking mm-hmm. absurd. Mm-hmm. And what, That's why it takes so long to fucking read. Yeah, and so when I finished this chapter in particular, because I took a lot more notes on this chapter than I feel like I normally do, um, which is why we only did ch- one chapter this episode because there's just so much going on. Um, but when I finished it, and I was, like, reading the last bit, and my heart was just breaking for Jacob. There was one moment where I thought, I really wish sometimes that I was just reading this and not having to take notes, because I feel like I would have been a lot more... I could see this chapter being, like, the one that made me cry or something, you know? Yeah. Because I feel like I, don't, I feel like this is for sure the chapter that feels, like, the most emotionally affective. Yeah, but I feel like I'm not feeling it for the reason that Stephanie Meyer wants me to feel it. Like, I think she wants me to be upset at how hard this is for Bella, and I am always upset about how hard this is for Jacob. For, for general, like, generally everybody but Bella. Yeah, literally. Like, That's true. Pretty like every time chapter, there's a scene, unless it's Edward. Yes, in in like I think with Edward is the only time that I sometimes feel feel sympathy for Bella, but in every other situation that she's interacting with another person, I always feel empathy for that other person. Mm-hmm. Bella's uh, a nightmare. Do you Anyways, have a favorite part of this chapter? I honestly don't have a favorite part of this chapter. It just made me sad. Um, I think that my favorite part of this chapter is when Jacob is arguing with Alice about taking Bella to, to Italy and he's like, you're just going to deliver her to the Volturi like a bottle of wine for a party. I did like that. Which brings me back to my assertion that Edward is just a, remember when we called oh, yeah. him a blood sommelier? Yeah. He's a blood sommelier. She's, yeah. Bella's like a, Bella's a bottle of wine. Um, anyway, thanks for listening. This has been another episode of Summer Twilight Book Club. And hey, hey, do you like our show? Do you think it's good? Maybe tell people about it. I don't know. Like, leave us a review on iTunes or some shit. Like, actually, like, you should really definitely do that. Like, please. Please do that. Yeah, we love, we love iTunes reviews. Um, please, please leave us reviews. Also, please follow us on Twitter at STBC Podcast, um, where Kat has generously constructed a bracket contest in which we are deciding who the messiest bitch in Twilight is. And again, I will say Kat and I don't count. Yeah, and if I get this episode out in time, there should be one day left of the contest. The final So day. if you... If you really, really like us and can't get enough content and want to give us money because you love us so much and want to hear us talk about uh, all the people that we went to high school with, <laughs> please become a patron at patreon.com slash podcast. Kat will be posting a poll soon for $6 or higher patrons to vote on what the next episode of Summer Crossover Book Club will be, um, where Kat and our listeners subject me to truly horrific Twilight crossover fanfic. It's always terrible. At least one option this time was written in 2018, so just, like, let that sink in. And also the one written in 2018 is also the one that is a crossover with My Immortal. And if My Immortal doesn't win... I'm gonna I'm gonna put it on every single week until oh until God. it wins. Like eventually, you Why? will vote for it. What have I done? What have I done? I read part of you? it. It's like decently well written too. Oh Jesus! Um, <laughs> oh well, oh, it was. <laughs> uh, someone I know uh, did not know what my immortal was when I told him this, and so I was like, "You have." I'm like, "Just read it. You just I, have to." Then I'm like, "Don't I read wish. the thing. I'm like, just look it up." Just read a couple, cha- like a couple paragraphs. Like you just have to experience it. And they told me that their first reaction was when they read it was, "Is Cat mad at me?" <laughs> <laughs> I, I wish love- that I could go back. 
I wish that I could go back to the part of my life before I knew what my immortal was. I love the the idea, though, that when I'm upset at someone, I send them my immortal. Make them read my immortal. We should start doing that. Anyway, um, we love you. Thanks for listening. Uh, We'll be back soon. Bye! Bye, babies! I'm Cam. I'm Jory. And we're the hosts of CWFP. The casual wrestling fan podcast. Your weekly universe-friendly alternative for WWE wrestling recaps, discussion, and riffs from two friends who just love wrestling. And occasionally also New Japan, Impact, and All Elite Thoughts as well. If you're tired of Mark's constantly booing a product they (laughs) regularly support and pay for, you can find us hosted on the Orange Groves Network or through your preferred podcasting app. Wait, why won't The Undertaker stop booing the company?